0: There was this one time I had, my finger was just hurting for a long time. I didn't understand what was going on. And then I got this balm that like pulls stuff out of your finger or whatever. And so it blistered out, the blister popped and there's this little thing that's sticking out and I couldn't see it. And it was just so small. She grabbed tweezers and she pulls it out. And it's like, you know, I don't know, like a quarter inch long, just right in front of my finger.
1: Today on the Untied Podcast, we have an amazing guest for you today. Today, we are interviewing Chris Piazza of Canna Devices. He is the co-founder or the founder of Canna Devices. Co-founder. You're right. Co-founder. Okay, cool. Co-founder of Canna Devices. Um, He knows so much about the different devices that you can use and everything. I'll let him tell you more about it because I mean, just like when we were talking over the phone, I was like, we have to interview this guy. Chris, thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: So let's start from the beginning where you uh, started, like the idea for Canada Devices.
0: Right on. Cool. Cool. Um, Well, so it kind of goes a little bit before Canada Devices itself. Um, I'm a glass blower by trade. So I started doing, I learned how to blow glass back in 08 um, and was doing that on my own. I I worked in the... uh, the scientific field, things like that. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I had my own studio, talk glass, all sorts of stuff like that. And one of my buddies moved from owning a couple head shops to working in the dispensary field. And he was doing wholesale cannabis for dispensaries. And we, we worked together a couple other times prior. Uh, we had our own school together and, and things like that. And he came to me and he said, Hey, uh, there's this need, there's these dispensaries don't have American glass, they just have the same stuff you're getting at a, at a gas station. And this just doesn't look right. And I said to him, I said, well, we've all been trying to sell the dispensaries for a long time and none of them are interested. Like, how are we gonna do this? And he said, well, I, I'm, I'm in the industry now, I have all these contacts, let's see what we can do. And that's how can devices started. Like having a coffee at Starbucks, you know, two glass blowers that uh, been in the industry for a long time, over 30 years combined. And we just had this idea and we went for it. So, yeah, it's been pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. And um, so you've been doing that since what year did that start? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. So, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't blow glass. Oh, all, yeah. I it's wanna, something I... I'll see those videos on like TikTok of people blowing the, diff- the glass and like making these like crazy different things. I'm like, it's insane. Like I'll just sit there and like four hours of my day is gone. Just watching those.
2: Well, how did, so I'm curious how you got into blowing glass. Were you blowing balloons as a kid and you're like, I can do this, but it's something way cooler.
1: Dude, how did you know?
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense.
0: No, I, um, you know, honestly. So uh, when I was like 14, 15, uh, this kid came to, you know, our little smoking area before we go into school. Right. This kid came that had been to a fish show. Right. And he had a trench coat on before trench coats had a bad connotation because I'm old. Um, this was just how they how he carried all these pipes over. And he showed us like he started selling them. Right. And I bought one immediately and we went and smoked before class and I'm looking at it and we packed the bowl and I don't even pass it. Right. I'm just like staring at it. Like this thing's incredible. This is beautiful. Everybody's like, "Oh man, like let's go. We got to get to class. Just pack. Like just hit it and pass it." And uh, you know, I'm also going there, and I'm like, "This is what I want to do in the future. Like this is what I want to do." And everybody laughed at me and and all that. Um, fast forward, you know, I was doing some seasonal work out in working for a ski resort out in Colorado, and ended up just shooting an email or not even email. It was, a, it was on a forum. It was before Facebook. There was a forum called glasspipes.org. And I just put a post there. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm just about done with my seasonal work. I'm in Summit County. I would love to get an apprenticeship in Denver. And somebody responded to me, Ron Glass, R-O-N-E-G-L-A-S-S. He ended up being my teacher and got in with him and about year and a half of apprenticeship under uh, Roan Glass got me got
2: me started. Oh my god. That's uh it's it's kind of funny that you uh like everyone has that I guess friend or high school partner for her, like for all your friends it was you. Yeah. But like the friend in the puffy jacket that has like cigarettes, weed, Adderall, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I guess um, was. but your friend just had glass. <laughs> like glass pieces. Physical glass pieces which I find
1: hilarious um yeah when we first met I would always wear this giant puffy winter coat which was like a sleeping bag it is because but my dad got it for me he like my mom one winter was like all right he needs a new winter clothes go take him and my dad and I were like going to the mall and we put on a bunch of different jackets and I was like I like this one and he goes no no no, get this one and it was just too big I was like 12. I s- still wear it and it's it's he was like you get it big and you'll grow into it and then the boots are like a size like twelve. I'm still not even a size twelve, <laughs> like foot. And he was like, "You'll grow into it." Like, and I was like, "Okay." And like, it was just like all that. And I still wear the same shit today, but it has <laughs> literally twenty pockets on it. So like, we would be outside of uh, Second City when we were doing like improv shows and stuff, and we'd be standing out front, and I'd be like, "Does anyone want to smoke?" And I'd like pull a joint out or like pull something out and pack a bowl. And like, or was, like
2: gum, Doritos. Yeah, I'd be like I was Like, anyone got long? dry
1: mouth? I'm like, here's gum. <laughs> yeah. if anyone got the munchies? Here's a bag of Doritos. It's <laughs> also my movie theater Jack. A Gatorade. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nice.
2: It just keeps going. Um. All right. So working uh, with glass since 2008. This might be a weird question, but when so like if someone drops a bottle and breaks glass, they get a shard of glass in them, and they simply like never get it out. So how many shards of glass do you have in your body right now?
0: Oh man. Um, I don't have any cause I can get it out. Um, how okay. many times have I had to dig it out. Um, yeah. I don't even know. Uh, my girl would tell a story. There was this one time I had, my finger was just hurting for a long time. I didn't understand what was going on. And then I got this balm that like pulls stuff out of your finger or whatever. And so it blistered out the blister popped. And there's this little thing that's sticking out and I couldn't see it. And it was just so small. She grabbed tweezers. And she pulls it out and it's like, you know, I don't know, like a quarter inch long, just right on the front of my finger. That was uh, she actually gained a lot of respect for me there. She's like, wow, you haven't been whining about this. I'm like, oh, whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It was uh, was some pretty gnarly ones, man.
2: For sure. Another day, another dollar, another glass shard in your finger, you know, (laughs) part of life.
1: Yeah. I can't tell you the amount of times like Mm. someone's broken a bottle and I've been like, I probably still have shards of glass in my feet like where oh. i've just been went like walked through like a party and like been like oh uh they're where, like, are, you don't, ba- where don't.
2: are you barefoot at a party like like
1: a pool party so oh like, okay. yeah and like they're like <laughs> you know like we're outside or something and you know i'm like barefoot or and i uh step in it and people would be like you just walk through like a pile of glass and I'm, like, i didn't even i didn't even know like <laughs> but like i like you can i can feel it sometimes if i step weird on my foot, I'll be like, Oh, there's probably glass in there. Nice. But yeah, no, but that's awesome. The whole art of glass blowing, like how long did it take you You started in 2008? Uh, yep. Glass blowing? How long did it take you to perfect glass blowing?
0: It's a it's a lifelong process, man. Um, you know, I can say that. So when I first started, I had two jobs, I started my first job at like 2am. And then my second job was at seven o'clock in the morning. And then I'd go to the studio at noon and I'd work until about eight, go home, go to bed, start the day over. Um, Within about two months, uh, when my teacher was like, don't freaking quit your job. I was like, I think it's time to quit my job and (laughs) quit one of them. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? And then like a month later, I was like, yeah, so my boss told me to do something I didn't like. And I was like, All right, I'm out of here and went full into glass about four months in. Um, I don't recommend that to anybody. Um, I was young and stupid, but made it work. You know, it was a little bit extra. It was a little bit extra effort to be able to make it happen. Um, But, you know, what I found is uh, I am more of a production guy. So I'm more of a tradesman than an artist. I learned to make things uniform, fast and efficiently. Like that's what I that's where I went in glass. I can't, you know, I, I can't, uh, I can't do anything like some of these crazy glass floors that are making those hundred thousand dollar pieces and things like that. I mean, I just, I love it. I love to, I, I love the art of it, but that's just not me. And that's kind of where I found my path into can devices because I understand glass. I've been doing it for a very long time and I can help a lot of new guys get started. Um, but I'm, I found that I'm just not the artist type that I thought I was when I was in my early twenties and just wanted to be, you know, you kind of get some truth as you get older sometimes, I guess.
2: This might be a really stupid question, but I'll follow my sword for it. What is glass and like, what is it made of? It's made of
0: silica and sand. So it's actually, it's actually sand that's melted and then becomes glass. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff involved in it if you want to have colors there's cadmium there's silver gold uh platinum all sorts of different metals and and things like that but at its base it's silica sand
2: what's the most like dangerous uh i guess process of the glass blowing
0: (laughs) uh hooking up the tanks and actually having i mean we have a bomb like in a room Essentially, we have a we have a uh, what's called a doer. So it's a huge oxygen tank, liquid oxygen tank, and propane tanks, and multiple of all of them. <laughs> and so, if you don't hook that stuff up right, uh, it's not safe.
2: Yeah, couldn't couldn't imagine that would yeah. be crazy. <laughs>
1: so, so, with um, I know that you know you guys specialize in glasses. But don't you you guys also have other devices that you guys um, that sell? Um, what can you walk us through some of the different uh, devices and you know your recommendations for those?
0: Oh, dude, totally. Um, you know, so how how the how the company started was we started with glass, right? And American glass, American artists. So uh, we have over 65 that work for us at this point. What we found though was we were bringing something to the industry that A lot of people didn't even know they needed. And then they, I guess, liked working with us. And so they would ask us for other things that they knew they needed grinders, uh, you know, stick batteries, just for cartridges, uh, papers, things like that. And so as we started to see this, we, we realized like, why aren't, why don't we start just carrying all of this stuff that everybody needs anyways. Right. And so we've evolved as a company to, really be a select amount of products. We never go more than like a good, better, best. And we're not one of the companies that has like 500 grinders on their, on their, you know, whatever on their website. We have our, our, you know, we have our branded ones that we can custom brand for our customers. We got our high-end ones. We got a plastic one and a hemp one. That's it. You know? Um, So what, what I, what I kind of lean towards is just, finding a quality product, finding a quality brand to be behind and the electronics, a lot of them, there's so many fly by night companies. So we've decided to partner with companies like a company called dip devices, who has been in the industry for a really long time before the big craze of, of concentrates and all this, they'd already been there. Right. And so this is a company that one, I believe in, I believe in the founders of that company and they're amazing partners to be working with us. And those are the types of products we're going to bring on. We are not a company that's just going to bring on something to make money. Um, Just, I don't know. Uh, So we just try to have that quality stuff and you can see it, you know, if, if it's, if it's for sale at a, yeah, at some bodega, it's, it's probably just a cheap unit of whatever it is, right. Whether it be glass, electronic or anything else. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but.
1: No, it does. I mean, I've definitely, like, in a pinch, especially when I'm traveling, buying some cheap glass at a bodega.
2: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I usually just look for a guy in a puffy jacket to buy it from. Yeah, Dude, just a glass smart man.
1: Which <laughs> is crazy because I was a guy in a puffy jacket and I never sold it. I was never making money on it. I was just just had it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you had uh, you had mentioned some other. Um, some other cooler uh, versions of the grinders, like the mills and things like that. Do you guys do those as well?
0: Oh yeah, dude. Oh, the flour mill, most like, you know, I met these guys uh, about three, four months ago. And for one, again, like you'll you'll hear a theme with me, the founders behind that company are the most amazing dudes. They're just awesome guys, um, great people to hang out with. But then their product is then next level too. Um, so what it is is a grinder cuts up the whatever the flour, right? It, it break it, it cuts it up with sharp edges. What the mill does is it literally just pushes the flour against a grate, and what comes out the other side. You know, if, if anybody's ever tried to break up a joint and you just kind of go like this with the with the bud with, with the nug, like it all sort of breaks apart. And the flour mill sort of does that but it doesn't get your um your oils from your skin or anything like that involved in the the, the butt itself breaking up the terpenes you know crystals all of that stuff so the mill just pushes what i think is just the mind-blowing part um maybe this is just, again because i'm old um it keeps all the stems at the top so it doesn't matter what kind you can just take a huge nug you know thick Stem everything, just throw right in with the little bit, little tiny th- uh, stems and everything. Just throw it in the mill, a couple turns back and forth, and you got a bunch of stems at the top and your broken up bud at the bottom. It's just beautiful. Um, whatever they're doing, they were talking about the patent for uh, for a grinder was like from 1902, and they're the first ones to have a new patent on a grinder in like a hundred and something years. Like, it's
2: ridiculous. Wow, that's insane. Um, so
1: these are the like types of guys Cubs. that are out there. Was that? Yeah. I said it sounds like the Cubs.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I mean, they sound more successful than the Cubs. Yeah, especially up. this season. <laughs> um, but you have a, you have an interesting uh, backstory because you're actually so as much as you work around the cannabis industry, you're sober. You're I am. I am. So, uh, <laughs> do you want to walk us through a little bit of your backstory and how you got to, uh, that?
0: For sure. For sure. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, uh, so like I said, I bought my first pipe at 14 and I'd been doing things for a few years before that. Right. So like I had an early start and, and messing around with things that, uh, I don't know, putting things up my nose and, and all sorts of weird stuff. Right. Um, but you know, I, I had, uh, I had a lot of ups and downs between that point and 2008 and, um, you know, i was one that you know if one is good two is better three is great ten let's do it you know um i don't know i uh yeah i got way into psychedelics mainly like that was sort of my that was just what worked for me i didn't like going up or down i like going sideways kind of how i described that and um i don't know yeah taking sips off of vials not just drops all sorts of crazy stuff right and if you mess around with those things long enough and enough of them, you end up in uh, you end up in a in a hugging jacket. We'll call it right um, a few too many times. And uh, for me, it got to a point where I don't know if anybody, you guys, fans of the Doors, you guys like Morrison and all that. Um, right. How I yeah. describe it to a lot of guys that understand that stuff is uh, my Doors of Perception got burnt up; they were just gone. And so when I would smoke a little bit. I would just go on a full on flight. Um, I was just, it was more of a hallucinogenic experience than just getting high. And uh, that just wasn't maintainable in normal life. Um, if you could imagine, like every time taking a hit from a bull was like dropping a few hits of acid, like it just, that, that's not, that, that doesn't work. Um, so I had to get to a place where kind of hit that bottom where I realized like this isn't going to work for me. And got my nose clean. Um, and yeah, ended up getting back. So that was in uh, 2011. Um, ended up sort of separating from glass in the industry for about six months. But then very quickly after, got back involved with glass. And you know, I, I'm, I'm a part of because I, I, I love the plant. I love the industry. I love the community. I love what it's about. I love everything else. And quite frankly, I love getting high. It just doesn't work for me. Right. And, uh, so I still, am a huge advocate and I don't know, I got, uh, I got plenty of experience with how to use different pipes because I I've been around it for so long and yeah, it's, uh, it's the only way that I've been able to get to where I am today.
1: Well, that's really awesome. And I think it's really cool that you're still such an advocate, uh, even after the fact, because, I mean, I talked to so many people who have like one bad experience and they're like, no, weed's awful. It's the worst or like, you know, things like that. And again, you had more than just, you know, that experience with it. Um, but at the same time, I do think it's very cool that you can still, you know, come back to the industry and be an advocate uh, after, you know, yeah. being like, it's not for me.
0: I and, and I and I and I appreciate what you're saying. And, you know, I I um it's just it sort of just kind of how the story goes. Right. Like, you know, if someone has like if somebody's got some huge brew, you know, brewery or whatever, and they they love brewing just because they stop drinking, it doesn't mean they're going to stop what they love of brewing. Right. And it's sort of the same same concept for me. You know, I mean, I was living in my car. Out in Colorado, pretty it was pretty desolate for a while there, but um, yeah, pretty fortunate to have had the right people in my life and and get things back in order. And yeah, you know, I I think it's kind of cool. I've actually been able to get connected with people. There's more people than you'd expect in our industry that love the plant and love everything about it and used to dabble in it and just don't anymore. surprising because I'm fairly open about it when I'm at events and things like that. And yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. How many responses I get like, dude, I actually don't, I'm actually in the same boat. Like, I don't know. It's pretty neat.
2: Yeah. Uh, where do you think the cannabis industry is now? And like, do you think it'll ever be federally legal? hundred percent. Yeah. Without well, it's like, mind. if you had to give it a time, if you had to give it a timeline, I'd say, f- I say five to eight
0: years. Um, so what I'm watching for, um, first thing I want to see is the safe banking act or if they rebranded as something else. Um, but the safe banking act needs to be first. What we're going to see first is we're going to see the banks get opened up on a state by state basis. The federal government's going to say, this is just my, you know, this is just my thought. I think the federal government's going to say, okay, banks that are in legal states are allowed to handle the cash of the dispensaries, that's gonna be the first sign. As soon as that sign occurs, we need to have a handful of years of watching that occur, get all the processes in place of how to handle these types of situations, get the electronic side of of the industry implemented so we don't have to be a cash-based business like we are today, nearly as much in a lot of states. And once that whole process unfolds and works out, The government's going to then see a true understanding of taxation and what availability they have and in the revenue that it can be producing. And it's also going to have a plan and structure. And then from there, we'll start to that's when we're going to start to see the conversation about true federal legalization, any federal legalization conversation that we have prior to banking, I think is just uh, if you're in the stock market, sell the news type of situation for weed stocks, because, and that's not advice. It's just, you know, Whatever for entertainment purposes, but like, that's what I see as the first first notch that has to happen is the banking, and then we'll have the federal.
2: I mean, it sounds pretty legit to me because yeah. we like our banks, <laughs> I guess <laughs> here in, in the U.S. You know, and
1: well, and I think it would be, I mean, it would be ten times better if it was federally legalized. But it, w- I mean, that is every uh, person I've talked to in the industry is like their biggest the whole. Uh, you know, being held back by the banking system is that, like you know, they just won't deal with it or anything like that, uh, because of the connotation, because it's not federal.
0: And then you have no funding, and then you have you know issues with funding. You have uh, hard hard money lenders are the only ones that a lot of these companies can get money for from, which are twenty percent interest rates. You know, worse than a credit card. Um, and then you got then you have going public is the only other option. That's why we're seeing the corporatization of cannabis because all of these companies that were able to go public and raise huge amounts of capital are able to squash any mom and pop with a couple couple licenses because they can't get access to banks. They can't get access to serious capital except at huge interest rates, which don't allow them to grow because they aren't actually getting anything to their bottom line because they're paying everything in interest. Right. And so that is that's squashing the ability for the small mom and pops to expand while giving the corporates the ability to grow at exorbitant rates. Um, And then you have even companies like mine, like Can Devices, that is considered a tier two company. So we are we don't touch the plant, but more than 50 percent of our customers do touch the plant. So we're actually lumped in to that same Rhetoric about not being able to get funding. So I found one bank here in Chicago that allows it, um, but most companies like mine are having to do that same problem, that same thing, and then they're having to compete with China, who don't have to do these loans and don't have all these things. It just sucks because it's not a pure competitive landscape, and it's it's really harming a lot of small business growth. Then just to stay on my rant for just another second, I'm probably giving you more than you wanted. But when we have the federal legalization, now you remove the stigma of money getting into the industry. So now you're going to have huge money come in. And that's when we're going to have, that's going to make it even harder for small businesses to get ahead because you're going to have companies coming in with $10, $50, $100 million funding that they can sell things at a loss for a couple of years while they build their footprint. Right. And so that's, what's so important about for us right now is to build strategic alliances with other small businesses so that we can sort of take on Goliath when Goliath comes, you know?
1: Well, and Dang. that was my next question was that if you guys get lumped into that, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's insane. I guess it makes sense that, you know, because that 50% threshold of your clientele touching the plant, Uh, But still, I mean, to some extent, I think that's ridiculous as well, just because, I mean, you guys aren't really doing that. I mean, technically, in a non-legal state, you guys would be making tobacco pipes. Right. So, Yeah. Another thing that we
0: do is we're 50 states legal, essentially, through the loopholes. So it's like, you know, leave us alone. Let us get some funding, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: (laughs) So are you originally from uh, Colorado? Originally from Chicago.
0: Then moved okay. out to Colorado. I lived in Arizona for a bit too. And then came back home. You know how we are in Illinois. You always end yeah. up back here. Doesn't matter how far, how long you go away, you come back to family. So, yeah, and, uh, yep.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but okay. So you stopped using, uh, like, uh, marijuana at the time, uh, like probably right before the concentrates got big, um, right. Like the pens and things like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on that versus for someone who? I mean, have you used those before?
0: Way, way, way back when they first started. Um, you know, we were we were actually messing around. I remember so, like the whole. Um, do you guys, I don't know if you guys remember the dome and nail sets that used to come out. So this is going way back, but um, there was this like a nail, and you would heat the nail, you'd put the concentrate on, you put a dome over it. Oh um, yeah, yeah. yeah and i remember my teacher coming in and being like he goes to his toolbox and he grabs a nail and he's like what am i supposed to do with this this head shop wants a dome and nail set like we didn't even even know what was going on um but then you know we've now evolved to you know bangers and things like this um but so yeah I, I was a part of that very first wave um you know we had dab paddles and things like that uh, they sold like hotcakes it was crazy we were able to knock these things out in like three minutes and sell for 10 bucks. Like we were all just like making money hand over fist. It was beautiful. Um, it was a fun time. So, um, yeah, so I was messing with all those concentrates back then, you know, I, Hey, I, uh, I still vape. So like I, you know, I quit smoking cigarettes, but I vape nicotine. I think it's great that we have a, you know, an on the go convenient fashion. Um, but I do have to say you'll never, I shouldn't say it, but it doesn't seem like you'll ever replace a nice rig hit, though. Um, Yeah, just it's still always going to be different. Something on the go is nice, but, you know, what we can do with glass, it'll it'll just never be replaced fully.
1: Yeah, well, and I think with the um, with the concentrates and like the the cartridges and things like that, my biggest concern before it was legalized, you know, when you were just getting it from some guy you knew through some other guy and. That would be, you would, you know, they, there wasn't a consistency about it. There wasn't, there were so many fillers. And now, I mean, even, you know, there's been reports of showing up in dispensaries where they still have those fillers that probably aren't the best. And um, the one thing I did see was that PAX was coming out with uh, something to read the, uh, they like has a, their own cartridge, it scans it and you can read it on your phone. Um, is there anything that Canada devices is, you know, looking at to move to that to make sure, you know, like kind of verify that what you're doing, you know, you got a legit thing. So a
0: lot of that goes towards the uh, cultivation side. Um, we are we do have some products that we service to the cultivation and processing side of the dispensary. Um, I mean, if it's out there, we that's. Like we were talking about the good better best and something that's important and a, and a great mission behind it i would love to be carrying something like that we're actually in conversations with um possibly talking with pax soon here so i appreciate that insight i i had missed that that uh headline i'm gonna be looking into yeah
1: that. yeah definitely because that i mean that when that came out i mean that was i mean when i first told my parents that i would i smoked weed they were like, you know, oh well, I heard, you know, so and so, and they got, you know, I read on the, I heard on the news, I read in the paper, someone, you know, had some fillers or whatever, got sick, and now they're in the hospital or whatever from just a uh, off the street cart, right? And uh, then when that came out, like I was the first call I made it was to my mom. I was like, ha, look at that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, some things, you know, are gonna end up being, you know, safe like they're going to end up being a lot safer than you thought. Like, so, I mean, I just think it is a cool, it is cool that we can now open up the conversation to more things like that. Uh, Just, there's not as much of a stigma behind smoking pot or things like that.
0: And that's what I, that's what I, I know that dispensaries charge the tax and, you know, and, and quality isn't quite so what like a nice craft grow can be. And, but for the general public, a safe place to access the plant itself to me, I think is, is the beauty of our industry. You know, the 65, 75 year old grandma that's never smoked, but has Parkinson's or can't sleep that can go to a dispensary. She's not going to go to some concert, meet some dude that's got some fucking super headies and like start slinging bags with them. You know, like that's just not going to happen. But like, they would never have access to that stuff without the corner store, right? And so I think what you're talking about there for the general public is what's so amazing about our industry and and how much more, how many more people we're touching as a result and helping better their lives, you know? I think it's a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, I have a very important question. (laughs) I, I think. When people come to you and say, Chris, we love your glass my pipe or my bowl is tremendous but what do you recommend to clean it with what do you tell them
0: so it depends are they a friend or a customer i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i used to always say salt and rubbing alcohol work great um you know so get some coarse salt get some rubbing alcohol put it in a bag shake it around and you know That was what we used to use back in the day. It worked great. Um, But again, when we're talking about that grandma that's 60 and she doesn't want to be getting all grimy and gross like that, um, we actually have some cleaner. It's just uh, it's just a there's some little compounds in it, but basically it's rubbing alcohol and some other stuff that you just soak your your bowl in, you know, let it sit there for an hour, pull it out grab a tweezers, pull it out, put it under uh, some water, rinse it out. You're good to go. The benefit and what is, when it comes to concentrates though, that's where you really do need that cleaner because when you use the rubbing alcohol and salt type of technique, it just makes everything gooey and just gross. It doesn't actually clean it. So um, a lot of these cleaners are, you know, a lot of them are pretty similar 420 cleaner, um, uh, Kush cleaner, uh, uh our cleaner um it's all fairly similar stuff that uh that's out there at this point
1: gotcha yeah and uh do you have any of the devices that you can show i know we had talked about maybe demonstrating some or like you know push. i'm gonna send those to you i'm gonna send okay. them to
0: you and you guys can play around with them whenever you yeah
1: whenever you got all right yeah feedback. yeah sounds good we'll put some videos out there of us playing with them this one looks insane yeah the uh <laughs> <laughs> the stainless shell steel.
2: here. I the actually got all right. You like here? I got that right here. Oh my! I'm literally like drinking out of stainless steel. I didn't know I could smoke out of it too.
0: <laughs> that's this
2: guy. Oh
0: my oh, gosh! That's
1: beautiful.
0: And also, comes apart for easy cleaning.
1: Whoa! Oh, all right, nice. I want one. I'm sold. This is God. <laughs> God wants one. God
0: wants. Oh, God wants one. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then the the slide's not in it, and everything, but. This is the where the bowl is. Obviously, the slide goes in, and then there's a bowl. Um, yeah, this thing's pretty cool. Uh, it stays cold for 24 hours. So you put the ice in there, and it just stays cold forever. Um, yeah, it's a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat contraption. So it uses the same technology that um, what's it called, the Yeti? It's the same idea. Yeah. Vienna, oh yeah, but
2: it's for smoking. <laughs> we'll take three, <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. take three. <laughs> we will need three of those <laughs> so I guess we can I get, we can buy online right and then we'll ship
1: yeah okay
0: yeah we're hey, we can snack. make that happen for you yeah. don't even worry about it we'll figure something out um sorry, you're the man. so uh yeah and then a couple of things that are not on the website but just yeah. to show that i actually used to do this on a consistent basis so this is one of my pieces so this is uh a skull that my apprentice made and then i put it all together um awesome, awesome. Oh my god. And then uh this guy was a little collaboration with a gentleman named Schmidt's Glass. So we put this together. Um yeah, some cool fun stuff. So it's not all it's not all proto. We gotta have some fun sometimes.
2: So do you do you do you just have like shelves of all these pieces or do you guys at like your maybe like home office or head glass blowing whatever? Do you just have a shelf of like all the creative ones you've made?
0: So any of the ones that I didn't sell?
2: Um, yeah. So like a lot of
0: ones that are like, like, this is working with my apprentice. I'm never going to sell this thing. I don't care what, you know, it's just not going to get sold. Um, yeah. same thing with this, this is just a really good buddy of mine. We got to throw down. Um, so stuff like this that are like memories, um, at the top of our bench, we, it's like a 12 foot or 16 foot bench. We have our, all of our stuff at the top. So yeah, when you're working, it's right above your head.
2: That's yeah. awesome, and I'm glad it's super high, um, no pun intended, but because like some dumbass like me would walk in and hit the shelf and four of them would fall off.
1: <laughs> like, look at those four memories, just shattered. Yeah, that's, that's uh, usually what I do. Sh- I'd, probably
0: politely, I'd probably politely ask you to leave at that point, but, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just swanton dive into the glass. You're honest. like, I think our, our website is a better option for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, so you guys are working on some big things. I know that uh, you also do the branded um, glass for uh, different customers. And uh, you were talking about the safety behind that. Can you get into that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So I actually have one of those
0: right here. So we can do like, uh, it's just a hitter. And then we can put a logo on there. And so what this is, is it's not a sticker. So you can scratch it. It doesn't come off. It's a, uh, it's a ceramic ink that gets baked into the glass. And so ceramic is not going to melt at the temperature of a lighter, right? So you don't have any smoldering. There's no adhesive. There's nothing like that. We actually hand apply these. The The pipe is made, and then we hand apply the decal. We bake it in a kiln at 1,200 degrees. And then after that, it's finished, but it'll never come off. Um, you just can't, you can't get this stuff off. Some of those... Really, really, really strong cleaners might take a little bit of the color off, but the logo itself, the whole thing won't ever leave. Um, And so we do it this way because we find it to be the safest. Um, There's no glue. There's nothing else because, I don't know, personally, helping glue is not a good thing. And so that's why we stick with the ceramic.
1: But, yeah, no, I thought that was really cool because when I first met you, uh, that was what you guys had out. Uh, on the table, I actually still have mine. It's downstairs in our, um we call it the green room.
2: Nice. Uh,
1: but it is, uh yeah, we, it, well, because of, I've had so many um people hand things out like that to me before, uh, but they, by like week three or four, like it starts to fade. It starts to, like the logo is not there anymore. I've also never working.
2: seen a company offer to make like custom logos on their pieces. Right. That's I haven't really seen cool. that. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> thanks.
2: Thanks. Great yeah, great giveaways. You,
0: I mean, you guys remember. You know, you guys probably both now. You both know because you've been using it together, right? And yeah. it's, uh, it's a hell of a marketing marketing tool. So we really try to push that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you guys have the chill bong. The uh, you guys have. I assume a ton of glass bongs. You were telling me about um, on our Zoom meeting. And then we add, uh, and then you have the, the mills, grinders, everything that you can get at canadevices.com. And then are you guys on social?
0: Canadavices on Instagram, Canadavices on LinkedIn. Um, those are the main socials that we're on because of TikTok and all that, just, they don't like us. We're just, yeah. just cannabis related. Yeah, just get booted. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this this piece is insane. The flowers?
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. So those uh, those are ceramic those are ceramic pieces. Um, they're really cool. The, the artist behind that is is pretty incredible. She's got a whole line. Those are the ones that we carry. Um, and then uh, actually something that's pretty new, uh, just announced, I think about two weeks ago, is we are the exclusive distributor of Jerome Baker now. Uh, Jerome Baker is someone that has been a part of the industry for 25 years. One of the biggest names uh, in the industry as far as like the general market goes that that know about him. Um, He was uh, involved with pipe dreams back in uh, early 2000s when Cheech and Chong got busted and that whole thing about pipes and glass got, I don't know if you guys know about it, but in 2002, there was a huge raid. Um, He was one of those shops that got raided. And uh, so now we get to carry his stuff and we're the only distributor that does. So we're expanding Some pretty cool ways. Yeah.
2: Congratulations on that.
1: That's, That's super, super
2: cool. cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah.
1: All right, Chris. Well, it was awesome getting to talk to you. Uh, we will definitely stay in touch. And uh, just one more time, we they have um, literally everything you can think of <laughs> on CanadaVices.com uh, and then devices on uh, Instagram and Twitter, you said? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. And you can follow them and follow all of their products on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and you can buy them for your own personal use uh, on their website at CanadaVices.com. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. So most of it's B2B, but we
0: also have a store locator for every one of the dispensaries that have our stuff. So we're pretty much all over the country at this point. You can find us anywhere. Yeah. Awesome. Hell
1: yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Great talking to you. We had a pleasure talking to you and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks so
0: much for having me, guys.
1: Oh, anytime. Anytime. Take care. Thank you. Have a good one.
0: Awesome. Later, guys.
2: Bye.